Hello and welcome to Dream It, Dare It, Do It, Live the Life You Want. This is Jasmine from Quebec, Canada. I am a French speaker. The reason why I am mentioning I am a French speaker is because a couple episodes ago I said I was French and I was told I am not French. I am a French speaker. That French people come from France and I'm not from France. So I just want to specify I am a French speaker from Quebec. <laughs> so, so funny, right? The things that you hear. I like it was, it was, I'm just saying I'm French because I, that's my language. That's my, you know, the first language that I speak. But I thought I mentioned that. I hope that my friend is happy with me now and not too upset with me. <laughs> and so, to everybody who's listening, I want to thank you so much for listening yet again. I have made it my first episode that did 100 downloads in the first 30 days. I was so excited. So I, that was a goal I gave myself. <laughs> so awesome. it's done. And so today, ladies and gentlemen, I have the pleasure of having Linda Pettit with me. Hi, Linda. Hi, how are you? I'm good, you? I'm really good. So beautiful day on the desert here in Phoenix. Yes, uh, I loved Phoenix. I visited Phoenix once in my mid twenties. I think it was the most most favorite part that in, in all my visits to the states. I think Phoenix was one of my favorite one. Actually, we went to Scottsdale. I landed in Phoenix, and then we went to Scottsdale. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take this time to tell this little story. So okay. when I went, I, I I always walk barefoot. I'm always barefoot. And so I was really, in, you know, amazed that when I, we drove into this home, that there was no grass. <laughs> it was rocks and cactus. Like already, that was like really different. <laughs> and so we're sitting in the backyard and we're just chatting and, and all of this. And it's evening and I'm barefoot, and I hear, you know, and I'm like, what is that? He's like, I don't know. I said, there's no tarantulas here, right? He goes, well, they come, but they're not going to come close to here. And then I hear, and I turn around, and it's a scorpion. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and he stood up, and the guy's like, what is a scorpion? Like, the scorpions do come in my yard. Why are the scorpions here? So I ran in the house. And I was like, he told me that we were fine in the yard. I, I'm like, what's going on? He said that there was no spiders, that there were, there were no tarantulas. I don't believe him anymore. And I turn around. <laughs> and there have this big bay window. And there's a light, you know, like in the backyard. He's just, there's lighting. And there's this huge tarantula <laughs> spotted. And I'm like, you see, I told you, <laughs> what is that? And they're like, oh my God, there's a tarantula. So that was my time in Phoenix. I thought was hilarious that they were like, this doesn't happen, but it did happen while I was there. I still loved it. I still loved it. Well, I, I have been here six years and I have not seen a scorpion yet nor a tarantula, tarantula. No. and I really love to keep it that way so I'm not even going to call that into my <laughs> <laughs> that 
That's great. I I agree with you. Don't call it there because I'm uh, tomorrow you'll send send me a message saying, Jasmine, what have you done? Woke up this morning. It was in the backyard. <laughs> that would be funny. So Linda, tell me, tell me. First of all, you are married with Bill. Mm-hmm. Bill Pettit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you when you met Bill? Did you already know the three principles? Like, how did? No. Um... It's, it's it's really kind of funny. It's a funny story about how uh, what I think of as the intuitive way of love unfolds. But about three months or more before I actually met Bill, I was I was very involved in holistic a holistic healing circle that I had founded with a group of uh, six or seven other women. And I was sort of the resident psychologist who talked about the psychological side of of healing and was very interested in psychoneuroimmunology. And uh, someone walked up to me, it was a massage therapist, after I'd given a talk, and he said, you know, you ought to check out this thing on the website of West Virginia University. I, I think it's called Psychology of Mind. I have no idea what it's about, but it strikes me that it might be interesting for you. And so that that night or the next day, I Googled it and found it on the website, found this this Sydney Banks Institute for Innate Health. And I read it and I saw Bill's picture. I think I saw Judy Sedgman's picture because they were working together at this institute at the time. And after after I'd kind of gone to the website, my thought, I remember this really distinctly, was this sounds like some crazy neocognitive psychology. I have no idea what's it about. I clicked off and I never gave it another thought. And then um, about, it was in on Valentine's Day in November of 2003, I, I was invited to give a talk at the university uh, for the department. It was a grand rounds sponsored by the Department of Integrative Medicine. And it was on the power of unconditional love and healing. And I had become known because of my work in this holistic circle. So I was invited to give this talk, um, went up, did the talk. And at the end of the talk, uh, this man in a white lab coat that said, Sydney Banks Institute for Innate Health, uh, embroidered on it, walked up to me. And my first thought was, because I had done a guided imagery and I knew allopathic medicine didn't take a shine to that, was, oh my God, here it comes. I'm going to get lambasted by the lambasted by this physician, and and he reached up, he reached out his hand, uh, shook mine, and said, "You know, I really enjoyed that, and and I think we have something in common. I'd really love to set up a lunch with you to talk about it." And so uh, that was my sort of brush with the three principles, my second brush actually, and then Bill and I. Uh, he invited me to a seminar. Uh, was that in- was that Bill, by the way? That yeah, man with the lab coat? Was okay. Yeah, it was Bill Pettit. Yeah, it was Bill Pettit. <laughs> so he invited me up to a seminar that he and Judy did, uh, which I write about in my forthcoming book. And I still just did not see anything in it that interested me or seemed helpful. <laughs> Matter of fact, it just seemed like a lot of gobbledygook. And, and, Fast forwarding six months later, we were married. <laughs> Holy cow. He's very interested in the physical side of Bill. <laughs> very interested. The spiritual side, not so much. 
<laughs> we did share a lot in common. We were both Catholic. Uh, he had wanted to be a priest. I had wanted to be a nun. You know, we were both, we had been people who had been very religious at different points in our lives. And and then um, he invited me to, well, actually, Sydney Banks, who was the first to uh, you know, uncover the principles and share them, uh, a humble guy who lived in Salt Spring, on Salt Spring Island in British Columbia, I'm, he invited me and Bill to Salt Spring. He was pretty clear he wanted to check me out because Bill was one of his key teachers. Got it. Yeah, so we went to Salt Spring, and I met Sid, and slowly, very slowly, my journey began to unfold there. I was not someone who heard about the understanding, had some profound insight, and whose life was forever changed. It was about a two-year journey of resistance. (laughs) And then there came the day when the penny dropped. Mm. The first penny. Yeah. So, so... What do you, like, what, what called to you the most in this understanding? Like, because you were already working in holistic healing and things like that. Like, how did they, I'm, I'm sure they met. Yeah. Because I think that you still talk a little bit about it, right? I think you still, you're still into it. Well, I, I was very I have had a life that has felt very intuitive to me. I have felt guided by, you know, you talked, you talked, you and I were talking before we turned the recording on about how you just are guided by instinct. That was the word you used. Yeah. You, know, you just know when something feels right. Well, I, I've always used the word intuition for the same, the same basic thing where I think yeah. we're pointing to. And I, I'd had a lot of premonitions in my life. I'd had a lot of dreams. I, felt synchronicity unfolding around me a lot and and yet it just seemed like a a phenomenon that I didn't understand it was it was there I was aware of it but I didn't really see a logic behind it I didn't know how to experience it more consistently and so well the first thing that happened for me with the three principles was that I saw thought that 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 I saw that I was creating my experience with thought. So that was a thing that happened and it altered my it altered my life. I I just really saw that I'd been creating a lot of anxiety for myself over my lifetime and that I didn't have to do that anymore. And there was kind of an immediate drop in 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 that. And I was very grateful for that because it affected both my personal and professional lives dramatically. But then the thing that I prized most really was that I saw that thought, how I used the, the gift of thought, the power of thought was the only thing that caused me ever to feel disconnected from the intuitive flow behind life. And that for me was the, that was the creme de la creme. That was the prize. It's like, oh, over time I saw, wow, now I see how to access this consistently. And as I look back on my life, I could see that when I was quieter, when I was in a more beautiful feeling, that it was just flowing. It was just flowing through me. And and life just seemed to unfold as this, as this sort of magic 
experience. And, and now I could have that more of the time, if not almost all of the time. I remember, I remember seeing for myself and, and I didn't associate it as thought uh, back when I saw that, but I remember seeing the only time I suffer is when I think things should be different than they actually are. Hmm. But I, I never associated it to thought. You know, it was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm upset now. Well, why are you upset? And like, it, 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 I, I had reached a point where, you know, for a very long time, if I was upset, it was your fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. it was out there. It was like, it was because of what was happening out there that I was upset. And I had reached a point where actually, I don't think it has anything to do with what's out there, but what's inside here. But then I started give, beating myself up about it. Well, then if you know what's inside, stop it, you know? And, and, and I couldn't do that. And noticing thought, no, no, like I was so entangled in thought, in the, in the, and I had pathways. I mean, I, if this happens, it would be like, boom, 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 boom. I had so many things that would come up with just one single little thing. And then when I saw that, I can just go, because I started seeing the tip, right? I'd be like, okay, well, that's thought. And then, oh, that's thought. Oh, that's thought. You know, like when I, when I was able to just see no thought, I definitely got relief. I got, I got relief from suffering because for me it was suffering. Like I, and I didn't want to suffer. Yeah. And still to this day, I don't want to suffer. I don't know anybody who wants to suffer, but that I can see that I don't have to suffer, that I was making up the suffering. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. So awesome. And that's how. I came up with live the life you want because I was kind of like in the beginning it was a little hard because it was like yeah but I want this but it was like the want was was sourced by so much thought yeah right but once I got to the true want the the want that my heart wants the heart that the 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 want that makes me go ah then that was also a game changer. Yeah. So for you, I want to ask you the question, like what would be living the life you want? Like if when you see the pot, you saw the name of the podcast, dream it, dare it, do it, live the life you want. What showed up for you? Well, that I'm living the life I want. Hmm. And that that changes over time, you know. And so, Jasmine, back probably 20 years ago, um, actually 25 years ago, I had a terrible accident. I, I fell off a ladder and busted up my body pretty badly and had to have a multiple surgeries and was in chronic pain for a number of years. And after I had to have a pretty significant back surgery and I was laid up for you know a couple months anyway 
And a friend, a dear friend of mine said, you know, Linda, you're going to be lying in bed for two months, can't do anything. You ought to make a vision book. And I said, what's a vision book? And she said, well, it's this thing that Marianne Williamson talks about. And I like Marianne Williamson. So, mm -hmm. and so my friend showed me hers and, and she said, but you don't, when you do this book, you don't, you don't sit and think, I want this, I want that. You, you just free flow and you look through magazines and you pull out any picture that just, or word, that just as you're looking at it, something happens inside. You have this sort of bubbling enthusiasm or good feeling. Or I said, well, I can do that. So I did. I, I sat and I paged through magazines and I pulled out all these beautiful pictures. And, and then I created this vision book uh, for different areas of my life that included relationship, it included job, it included, and and one of the things at the time I wasn't, this is an example, at the time I wasn't doing a lot of public speaking, I was a therapist. And there was a page in the book that said, I'm, a, uh, I'm in the spotlight. I'm one woman who knows how to fill a room. And this, this just, these just came up out of these little pieces of words that I'd cut out of magazines. But what was fascinating to me, Jasmine, is I worked on this thing for a while, over a, probably several months, and the day I finished it, I was in my bed. I was drinking a cup of tea. And I, I went to reach for the cup of tea. And floating on the top of my mug was a little piece of magazine page. And on that little cutout of magazine page, it was actually the flip side of a word that I had cut out. It said, the manifesto has been arrived at all things are in order. I got chills. I thought, whoa. Well, I found, I found that vision book recently. I had no idea where it had gone. I was looking through some boxes that we moved and there it was. And I pulled it out and I thought, isn't that interesting? Every single one of those things has manifested except one, which is curious, but most everything is part of the life that I have right now. And, and so I thought, boy, if I was doing a vision page right now, you know, what would I be guided to pick? And I, you know, like right, right now, my, my dream is to move my work over the next five to 10 years, because I'm going to turn 70 in November in the direction of writing. I just want to write. I love writing. And my, my first book is about to go to a publisher and, and I just want that to fill my life. And I, so I just know that, that that's all I need to do is just know that that's what I want. And I trust it's going to happen. Mm. And it, and it'll happen in mysterious ways, just like, so, so like, this is a kind of a funny little example. Um, my, when I was doing the vision book, my, um, my late husband, Jim had died and I was thinking about relationship, but I was kind of ambivalent about it. You know, I don't know. I don't know that I ever want to get married again. I can't imagine loving someone as much as I love Jim. Uh, and, but I did put to get, put together a page and I, I had all these words on this page about this amazing partner, amazing partner. I was reading it to a friend of mine and she said, oh my God, that's a tall order that only Bill Pettit could fill. But one of the things that I put on the page was a set of books by Thomas Burton, 
because I wanted this person to be someone who was deeply spiritual. My first husband had also been deeply spiritual. He was a Roman Catholic priest. And, and so when I met Bill, the first night, first night we got together and we went to his house. He went to the bathroom, excused, excused himself, and I went into his office. And there in his office was a set of books by Thomas Merton. And, and I thought, isn't that interesting? How does life work that out? You know, that there is something about having a dream written on our hearts mm. that is beautiful because from that place of a deep, beautiful feeling, it's not a desire, it's a longing, but it's a longing sourced in the soul, sourced in the beautiful feeling of love coming through the soul. That in that feeling, I just really trust that we co-create what we want. Yeah, there's... There's because as you were talking, what I was thinking about, I did those two the vision boards, and I, in fact, I had parties at my house. You know, come on, girls, let's go. We would all do these, you know. But I don't do them anymore. Um, and one thing that that also has changed for me is um, how how I live for the now. You know how how before. I would live for, let me do this, let me do this now so that I can have that, right? Like it was like my focus was was like over there, not here. Mm -hmm. So that has changed for me. So the the doing the vision board now is is different. Like it just doesn't seem as enticing as it used to be before, before it was kind of like, I'm going to put all of this cool stuff on the table. And then I'm going to be like, okay, well now I'm going to live in, in Phoenix. Let me put Phoenix here, you know? And then I would work for that. Like, I don't do that anymore. I think I, what I want for myself now more and more is just to be here and be Be 100 with myself, be happy with everything that I do say, think it's hard. The thinking is hard, uh, but the fact that I now know that the thinking is not me, that what I'm actually is, is this ball of love. Like I literally fall in, in love almost instantly, you know? And like you said, in the beginning of this conversation, which, you know, like in itself just like goes, it's like the only time that I'm not connected to it is when I'm in my, my intellect, when I'm in my thinking, it's the only time. So I, I love that I can be more in the present and I still fight, you know, like, I still fight with myself and I'm just like, no, actually, you know what? I feel so much calmer, so much more at peace with my life the way it is, you know? And then I choose what do I want to do now, <laughs> you know, and listen to the feeling, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, and I honor that, and I, I I haven't done a vision page since I did that vision book, but I do, 
when when a vision comes up for me, when my heart started pointing me in the direction of writing, then I really honor that. And I honor that with what I call atomic habits. I really, when my heart is pointing me somewhere, I see myself as a co-creator and I do the work. I, I think sometimes we... I think sometimes we in the three principles world or in the spiritual world, you know, we, we talk about the intellect in ways that diminish and demean it. Yeah. And I don't read that or hear that in Sidney Banks. You know, he said, what I read is that, is that it's all spiritual. It's all of it. All of it is spiritual. The intellect is spiritual and, and that, but it's meant to be in service. It's meant to be in service to, the great mind, the universal mind. And so I, I think about atomic ways that I can be in service. And it's like one of the ways is, you know, if I'm going to be a writer, just finish a manuscript, I had to get my butt in the seat every single morning to get that manuscript done. Yeah. Well, what I hear in what you're saying is that I think that there's less like you're not going over there. You're like, you're seeing what, what feels good for you now yeah it's writing so now you you're saying i want writing and then you're like that's where you're going right i i can see that i can see for me right now is i don't want to think about the future i don't yeah. want to think about planning which is what i used to do right i don't want to yeah. think about that i was like what's going on right now and and i i like you love to mix my intellect you know yeah. where it's like, okay, what's the feeling? Okay, well, and then I go up here and then I kind of look and see, huh, huh, you know, but there's, um, there's a diff, my place, my come from, I call it my come from, is from here, not from here. Like this is leading more than my intellect now. as a, Because my, I would make a lot of patterns <laughs> in my yeah. intellect, but I think, I think that our intellect is super cool. Yeah. Because we can make up anything. I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, you know, in my business if I didn't have my intellect. Right. 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 And I think you put your finger on the common ground that we share. And that is that we know it's important. However, we organize our lives that we're doing it from a feeling. Yeah. And that's, that's really what I try to follow all the time is the feeling. And if the feeling is really strong, I will serve it by setting goals and doing what I need to do and, and moving in that direction, you know, but it's like, I have a, I have a very enthusiastic, beautiful, loving feeling, beautiful, like fill, fill up my heart kind of feeling about the fact that I have this book that's you know, done. I have one right behind it. That's three quarters done. And I have an idea for a fiction book that I'm working on. And it's just so beautiful to have that excitement. And I'll follow that feeling. And if it doesn't materialize, if one of those things doesn't materialize for some reason, there won't be any disappointment. You know, it's just like, yeah, that, that was the feeling. And if the feeling shifts, it's kind of like, you know, like Bill and I lived in Michigan for five or six years. We had a great run there. Uh, I had actually, I was born and raised in Michigan. And after my father died, we went up and spent some time kind of being a support to my mom and, and 
you know, just being in the area where my family was. And then, and we, and it was all in a beautiful feeling. It was, you know, we just loved being there. It, we did really interesting things. I was a dean at, at a graduate school. Bill, Bill was working in psychiatry. And, and then the feeling shifted. The feeling shifted us in the direction of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Six years later, it was like. You know, I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. Mm-hmm. So how did you know that, like, I don't even know if we're going to be able to explain this. Like, I I can't even tell you. How did you know that the feeling was shifting? Like, you know, like some, like right now I'm doing something business wise, right? I'm doing something business wise and I'm, I'm kind of like, "Eh." you know, and I'm like, yeah, but is it thought? Is it like, is it because of this? Is it because like, I'm a little bit, rocky on it so I'm just kind of like and so I'm right now I'm just sitting with it but since we're having this conversation I thought I'd ask you you know great question it's one I get asked a lot and you know that there's so there are two things that I think about related to the three principles understanding and what Sydney Banks wrote about it and you know I had a conversation with Sid about this and one of the things the thing he said to me was what we're talking about Linda is not is not special it's not special. Anyone can see outside the boundaries of time, space, and matter. And then there are two er- there are two areas in uh, Second Chance where he, uh, and one might be in Second Chance, one might be in In Quest of the Pearl, which are my favorite of the books that Sid wrote. In and in Second Chance, he talks about how his the, the student in the book, uh, Richard is in this really bad place. You know, he's sick, he's not feeling well, he comes to Hawaii, he goes to, he's on Maui. And as he's coming into Lahaina, Sid writes, an energy draws him toward a particular spot on the wall near the sea in Lahaina. And he sees Jonathan and he's drawn to Jonathan. And Sid speaks about this. He says that energy was palpable. And then later he says it was as tangible as the sidewalk I stood on. So this is Sid writing through his character. I know that energy. I know that feeling, that sensory experience of being like almost magnetized or drawn to something. And I think of it that way. It is for me as tangible as the sidewalk I walk on. And then later in, I think, I think this one is in Quest of the Pearl. Sid talks about, he's talking about Alexander Graham Bell. And he says that there was a moment when a portal opened and in a split second, Bell glimpsed his beloved telephone. And then he put his intellect in service to creating it. Mm. And, and so I think, and, and Sid says in that, in that section of the book, he says, knowing wisdom or intuitive knowing when it comes, it's never disturbing. He says it comes not with the roar of the lion. It comes with the bleed of the lamb. 
It's a soft, subtle thing. It does not disturb. But then he goes on to say a little bit farther in the passage, however, in the presence of wisdom, the ego gets jarred. The ego will sort of start saying, oh, I can't do that. You know, that's not possible. Where did that come from? Should I trust that? You know, the ego goes into this crazy overdrive thing in, in the face of wisdom often, not always, but I think very often. So I, took, I take that to heart. You know, I look for this sensory feeling. So like when Bill and I were, were moving from Michigan or thinking about moving from Michigan, I just started to have this drawing of my attention in other directions and this kind of knowing that something was coming, something that was going to ask us to shift was coming. And I kept saying to Bill, honey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to be moving pretty soon. It's time for us to get ready. We're going to be upended again. And he said, he was like, oh yeah, right. You know, no, I don't think so, Linda. And I'd say, no, honey, it's coming. <laughs> and and then and then it started to happen for him it started to bubble up he said you know what i i i do think it's time for us to start looking around and we did we looked here we looked there and and then in a series that was beyond this podcast to talk about a really funny series of synchronicities it became very clear to us that Phoenix was going to be the next home. I'm sorry, Linda. Believe it or not, I'm being interrupted. My doorbell is ringing. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. So sorry about that. <laughs> so do you remember where you were at? Yeah, so, so I started to have these subtle whispers that were coming up, but there's also this sort of energetic draw to my, my attention, my consciousness, started to look around at places where we might live and then bill started to have it and then you know through this kind of funny combination of intuitive synchronicities and knowings and and also just putting our, our intellect in the service to moving you know we landed in phoenix and and we've been here six years and it's a beautiful ride and it's perfect yeah, so if I like, so I'm, I'm going to come back to the question that was asked, how do you know? So I think that I think that my 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 feeling is it needs to stop. But my intellect or my ego is going, you can't do that. <laughs> so I think that that's what's present uh, right now for me yeah i don't know what to do with it but just gonna that's a nice seeing you know and and in there we don't always talk a lot about consciousness but consciousness is pretty interesting you know it's pure soul pure soul and does the soul speak to us well, i think so and so how does that happen? Well, for me, it happens in energetic feelings. It happens in dreams, happens in visions, happens in premonitions, happening, happens in voices that pop in my head, happens in just ideas and thoughts. And I'm always noticing like that, like when I'm not, you know, like when I'm not willfully moving my consciousness in a particular direction, like right now I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on you. I'm looking at the screen. 
I'm conscious of you. But when I'm when I'm just sort of quiet, I just really love to watch. Where does consciousness point? Where does it go? What are the things that just pop up? And so often I find in that that there is guidance coming through that has been coming through for a while. But until I'm quiet, I'm just not terribly aware of it. And I love to go there. It's rich. It's ripe. It's the playground. Mm. It's where it's where it's the playground I go to when I'm writing. You know, I'm sitting in front of the computer with nothing on my mind. And what do I start to get conscious of in terms of words? And the next thing I know, something is created out of nothing. And there's an interesting interplay between this divine thought that flows through my mind and the brain that has, thankfully, I've got a pretty good vocabulary. And, and as it throws, flows through my mind, words come, and then I'm banging my fingers on the computer. I write on the computer because it writes fast. I can do yeah. fast. I can catch it. <laughs> and, you know, and I, so recently a, a client of mine said, well, but, sh- but shouldn't, if, if, if creativity is the flow of divine thought, shouldn't the words be perfect? Should, why should we have to edit them? <laughs> I just laughed. I was like, yeah, well, there's this brain in the middle that <laughs> has boundaries and limitations, and, and there's consciousness evolving. So if I, if I do the best I can to get down the feeling and the words that are coming to me, and then a week later, I sit down. I'm in a different level of consciousness. Yeah, we every moment we're 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 interacting with it all. Like you said, it's one, right? It's it's one whole thing. Like we separated them to explain it, but it's one whole thing. So at every single moment, we're okay. Consciousness, intuition, thought. Consciousness, intuition, thought. Like it's constant. It's like all the time right so yeah when we're writing like you can and you can see like i have a friend who's a writer and she sends me content and i can just like i'm now i'm i read her and i'm kind of like oh yeah 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 oh thought that was thought oh man like i it's like i can see how it's not just it's not thought it's not even thought it's thinking it's like, you know, something that she did with a thought that she saw instead of just letting it flow, right? It's super interesting to see. You can see that also. Like, I see it in my own stuff. Like, I, I do a lot of graphic creating, and I'm like, I'm creating, and then sometimes it's just not working, and then I look at it again, and I'm like, wow, that was flow, and I'm like, wow, what's that? <laughs> you know? You can literally see how... All of a sudden, I added some personal thinking into it. And I don't think that's bad. Uh, you know, people can look at that differently, but yeah, I have a certain craft at my disposal as a writer that I will use for effect. Yeah. So, like, for example, if I'm, if I'm writing something and it comes out and the, you know, the, 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 the original idea, the fresh idea is there, but I want people to have a visceral experience of it, like I did. I know that I can use certain words in certain ways that, that I'm going to heighten the effect of that. And of course, I'm going to do that. 
Every good writer does. This. I love that you're telling me this. Like I do, I do tend to put like my 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 lip kind of goes like this when I think it's wrong, <laughs> <laughs> and I I felt it when I was like, uh, you know, what about this? So yeah, I do tend to say, you know, my intellect is wrong, but it's it's not true because there's like so much beautiful stuff that I create with my intellect also. So, but I do tend to do that. Well, and I think I think we all do. I th I think it was a, an insight of mine several years ago that you know, like there's a place in the Enlightened Gardener Revisited that gives a visual image of this. I think Sid says if you could imagine that the world is one divine cell, it's all one. It's one divine cell, and you imagine kind of a a, a something that divides the cell kind of in half. And at the bottom, the bottom half is the spiritual. And this is sort of a rough translation. The top, the top half is human life, including the intellect. But he's super clear. It's all one divine cell. Hmm. And, and we can use the intellect to serve really, really good purposes, like all creators do, you know. Michelangelo, when he was chiseling the angels out of his sculptures, he had a pretty good intellectual understanding of which chisel to be using. You know, the chisel to break the big rocks was not the same chisel he used to fashion eyelashes. Yeah. He put his intellect in service to his creative genius and out of that created extraordinary art and we're all we're all doing that yeah. so so i think that's that's just important for me to to know that if if the intellect serves a beautiful feeling it's all good it's when i wander onto rocky shores like you, you know we were talking about i wander onto rocky shores and start creating suffering yeah that it's time for me to say whoops out of out of alignment out of harmony with divine order yeah when you're feeling when you're feeling a bad feeling we're going to name it like that then you're out of an alignment yeah mm. and you know sometimes in the three principles world um you know especially now i think it's been really strong you know people talk about all feelings are okay well that's really true all feelings are okay all feelings are created from divine stuff but it just is clear to me that Sid, when, you know, Sid would call our house almost every other weekend, if not every weekend, and put, Bill would put him on speakerphone and he would teach us for an hour, just sharing. And then the sharing was deeply spiritual. But he would so often talk about a beautiful feeling, just, and you could feel when he would talk about it. Like he just kept was trying to find words to just to point in this direction of this beneficent, beautiful feeling. And it just really stuck for me that that's, that was my guidepost. Yes, if there's nothing wrong that I experience grief or anger or upset, but where I know I'm in harmony is when I'm living in that deep, beautiful feeling. Mm. Well, Linda, thank you so much for accepting my invitation. 
<laughs> it was lovely. It was a lovely conversation. I'm really excited I got to meet you. Yeah, me too. I was very happy that, that you accepted. And so before we leave, is there anything that's going on with you right now that maybe my listeners would be interested in signing up for? Or is there anything going on? Sure. Um, so I have an ongoing masterclass series that actually there's a masterclass um, this weekend. Uh, and but it's once a month that that really explores intuition as as I see it and from a three principles lens. I do a lot of individual work with writers and other creatives. That's profiled on my website uh, at lindasandelpettit.com. And a, a really big thing that I'm looking forward to is I'm going to be doing a tour in Europe mm. in, in the fall. And I have um, a women's retreat in England, a writer's retreat in England, and a lovely retreat that I'm I actually one of the retreats is with Kirsten uh, Burgo and, and then the writer's retreat is with, is with Jackie Hollows and Maria Ilfa Wood, Isla Wood, sorry, Maria. And, and then there's another retreat with Jenny and Dave, uh, Jenny Anderson and Dave Ellery up in yeah. the Lake district that I'm looking forward to doing on intuition, the magic of intuition. And then head over to Prague and then over to Denmark to do a retreat with Dorda Fotman in Copenhagen. So those are fun things. And I really love that we're getting out again and are able to meet people yeah. in person. So if anyone wants to come over and hang out in person. and <laughs> Yeah, very, very cool. Well, thank you so much once again. And um, the, the episode should uh, be coming out shortly. I think you're early May, actually. So oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Jasmine. Thank you very much for coming. And I'm going to tell everybody to dream it, dare it, do it, live the life you want. And I shall see you next week. Bye.